Ready or not, here I come. Hi, welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts made by care experienced children and young people in the UK. We are travelling across the UK talking to care leavers, experts and activists in the field of childcare who are fighting for better services, rights, equality and understanding. Hi, welcome to the Abbey Sogan. Thanks for talking with us today. It's a pleasure to meet you. And you. Do you want to start by telling us who you are and what you do? Um, so I am a 20-year-old care leaver. I'm currently a first-year university student in London. I study computer science with management. Okay, that's very interesting. Could you tell us, when did you come into care? Um, so I officially went into care when I was five years old, but before then I was in and out of like foster homes and um, whilst my mum was like ill and then getting better. Um, but then at five, I was officially a foster child. So, what was your journey through care like then? Um, I feel like I had kind of a difficult um, difficult experience. I had, I think, about 11 or 12 different foster placements. Um, and I was split from my brother as well, and he had a lot more foster placements as well. Um, so there was a lot of moving, a lot of different families. Yeah. Okay. So your brother was, like, your twin. So you had yeah. a twin brother. Um, so what was it like being separated from him? Um, it was quite hard um, because obviously we were living together and we are twins so we'd been through the same experiences all up until we were eight and then when they split us up um, it was hard especially the first night because he used to stay in like the room opposite me but then like he wasn't there and he was the only person in the house that I truly knew because I was just living with strangers basically um, so it was really hard adjusting to like not having him there like 24-7. Okay, so um, how often did you see your brother then? Um, well, when um, he moved, he moved to Chinkford, so like somewhere close to me. Um, so then I saw him like once a week, but then he moved to Kent um, like soon after. And then I only saw him like once every three months or so um, until we were about like 16 years old and he was back in London and then we just decided to see each other whenever. So we've been able to maintain a good relationship. So did you ever find out about like, about your like family, like your mum and dad? Um, well, like my mum, I'm in contact with her. My dad, I was in contact with him, but he's not in my life anymore. And then the rest of my family, they're all based in Nigeria, so I haven't ever met them. So it's just like me, my mum and my brother. So eventually you won a scholarship to go to a private school. Um, could you tell us some, something about that, please? Um, so, yeah, so I did my GCSEs. Um, but obviously you apply for sixth form whilst you're in year 11. And I just knew that I wanted to go to a better sixth form than I was in. And I'm not too sure why, actually, but I just knew I wanted to be in a better place. So I looked online and I found the private school um, and I had to do like entrance exams and stuff. And I did those and I did really well. Um, and they offered a means-tested scholarship, which means that you pay half and they pay the other half. Um, but then when I actually asked social services, they said that they wasn't going to pay and that I couldn't go to the private school. So then I didn't really know what to do. But then my foster carer at the time, um, on results day, she called the private school and basically said, like, 
I got my results and I've matched what they, they've asked for in terms of my results, but I can't afford to pay because social services won't pay. So then they offered me a full scholarship instead. So yeah, so I went to that private school. So what was it like in the private school? Um, there, it was definitely a big transition um, because I went from a state school in not a rough area, like a decent area, definitely a lot more multicultural. Um, and then going to like a private school in a posh area and it's a lot less multicultural. I think I was like one of five black girls in my sixth form and there wasn't that many of us. Um, so it was definitely hard because in my state school there was a lot of black people, a lot of Asian people, just a mixture of everybody. Um, so it was quite hard in terms of like, I found it difficult fitting in um, because everyone was so different and I kind of felt like an outcast because everyone who went there, they were rich and they like understood what it meant to be that kind of person um, to go to those kind of schools. So it was kind of hard, but I um, adjusted pretty quickly um, and I made friends where I could, yeah. So did anyone treat you differently or like was anyone racist towards you? Um, I didn't really experience any racism, but I was definitely labelled as a ghetto person um, purely because I went to a state school in like a different kind of area and I spoke differently as well. Like their English, the way they speak is a lot different. Um, so then they like labelled me as ghetto even though I'm not. It's just that because I sound different. So were the girls' aspirations any different to yours? Um, with the people at the private school, um, I feel like they um, they foster a culture there where you aim really, really high. Um, like you go to a top, top university and then after that you work for a very big company, like those kind of aspirations. Um, when I went to the private school, I don't think I had that many aspirations. I was just there so I could do my A-levels. I wasn't really thinking like far beyond that. But in the private school, I could see that everybody basically had like, this is where I want to be in 10 years time and this is how I'm going to get there. And that definitely helped me and my mindset to be able to plan more and think more about my future. Like our aspirations definitely were different. Um, but yeah, like they definitely think ahead a lot more than most people do in private schools. So you're now at university. What was the transition like between being in care and going to university? Um, I think the transition was quite hard, actually, because I was supposed to go straight from sixth form to university. I think that would have made the transition easier, but I didn't get the grades I needed to go to the university I wanted, so I had to take a gap year, and in that gap year, that's when I like got my council flat, um, and I had to work full-time and stuff like that, and that's when I realised like what being fully independent actually meant. And then when it came to actually going to university, um, it was quite difficult, like I had troubles with like getting a laptop and obviously studying computer science, like I need to have a laptop. Um, so it was kind of difficult getting what I wanted from social services. Um, but then also being in a university, it's quite hard. It can get very, very lonely um, because it's not like you can, you know, rush home off to a family, like I live by myself. Um, so I think loneliness was one of the biggest things that like I had to try and tackle. So, do you currently pay any university fees? Um, so, for my student accommodation, there's a, a foundation called Unite, and they offer scholarships for care leavers and estranged students. So, I applied for that scholarship and I got it. So, that's um, free accommodation for three years, and it's just across the street from campus, which is amazing. So, I don't pay for accommodation. Um, I just pay for, like, the rent and stuff for my council flat. Um, yeah.
So do you pay any university fees? Um, I don't pay any upfront university fees. Um, I took out a student loan, so I will be in a lot of debt when I finish university, probably around like £40,000 debt, apparently. That's what people say. Do you get any support over and like above what your peers are getting? Um, at university, because it's such an independent institution in terms of like how you are as individuals, um, I wouldn't say that I actually get um, a lot more support than my peers do. Um, you only really get support when you request it. So even if someone who wasn't a care leaver, they could get the same support that I do if they request it. Um, so there isn't anything like specific for care leavers. I know when I first started, I got emails from the advice and counselling service basically saying like, we're here if you want to talk, but that's about it. Cause it's so independent. If I want support, I have to ask for it anyways. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of a level playing field when it comes to support here. So you say it's a bit hard in university. What have your biggest challenges been so far? Um, I definitely think because you're by yourself doing it all, um, motivation is definitely a really big challenge because um, I feel like, you know, most students, they go to university and they have their parents behind them saying, oh, like, we're supporting you, do really well. Um, or they just have generally people around them encouraging them. But when it's just you doing it for yourself, it can be a lot harder to get up in the morning to revise and to do certain things. So that was definitely hard. Um, loneliness as well, because, like, you're just in your room. Um, and it can be difficult to make friends as well, especially if you're not, like... Because in the beginning, um, I wasn't really the party person. Now I am. But that's the main way to make friends in first semester. So I struggled to make friends in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I think loneliness and motivation are, like, my biggest challenges. Um, so, yeah, it can be quite difficult. So you're doing powerlifting, if I'm correct. Yeah. Does that ever... does? that schedule that timing ever affect your university times um not necessarily i try and go to the gym in the mornings so that i can work throughout the rest of the day um we have training in the evenings like late in the evening from 7 p.m so they schedule like training and stuff like out of university time so that it doesn't clash or um affect you in any way for your powerlifting, does it make you feel good about yourself and um, do you enjoy it? Um, I do enjoy powerlifting. I think I just like the idea of being really strong physically. Um, and it is also, it does develop your um, your mental health as well. Because to be able to like look at the weight and actually try and pick it up or to bench it, you do have to cross a mental barrier to be able to do that as well. So I think I do enjoy powerlifting because it like, it helps me all around. Um, and it's something for me to do as well. Like, when I'm bored, I can go to the gym and um, train and stuff. Moving on now, during your lifeline, has anyone ever stood out for you? Um, I think one of my social workers stood out for me um, purely because I feel like she was one of my social workers who actually genuinely cared. Um, she was extremely supportive. She actually listened to everything that I had to say. And if I said to her, I didn't like this, she would like make a change straight away and she'd go and speak to my um, foster carers. So she was really, really good compared to like other people that I've had in my life who would like listen, but not actually act on what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I admired her a lot for basically going the extra mile for me. So yeah, she stood out.
did she support you in what you wanted to do in the future in any way um yeah she did I was quite young well I was younger when I had her as a social worker so my aspirations then are different to what they are now but whilst I was in secondary school she was very supportive when it came to like um me revising and my exams and what I wanted to do in the future and stuff like that um and anything I wanted to do she would help me out she would tell me um, okay, like this is what you're going to need to do if this is where you want to be, which was really good. When you were younger, did you ever think you'd come this far in your education? Um, not really. I don't think. I don't know. Like, I didn't. I wasn't too sure if I'd even go to university. I was thinking about like maybe other routes and then going to university. I didn't think that I'd ever go to like a private school for sixth form or anything. Um, like, I didn't think this is how my life would have panned out, but it has, and I'm happy for that, yeah. Heading over to the future, have you got any plans what you want to do, maybe? Um, I know that after I graduate, career-wise, I definitely want to go into project management or consultancy. Um, I do want to, like, I enjoy writing as well, so I do want to write my own book um, about my experiences in care. Um, and potentially start my own business as well. But I'm not too sure what in yet, but yeah. In university, what exactly are you studying that could help you with your career? Um, so I do computer science with management and I want to go into project management. So the management side is really good because um, we take a look at businesses, their finances and stuff like that, which is really helpful. And with the computer science, um, the way the world is moving, is moving into more of a technology-based world. Um, so, like, I think my course is actually perfect for the way the future is. So, what made you so tenacious? Um, I think probably seeing where I didn't want to be and hearing, like, the statistics surrounding people in care. Like, the statistics aren't that great. Like, um, and I didn't want to be another statistic. I wanted to be different and I wanted to prove to basically everyone that regardless of whether you were in care or whatever your experiences were, you can still come out of it and be successful. So that's what I kind of embody and that's what I want to do. I just want to prove that to people. Bearing all this in mind, if you had a message to inspire and help other young children in care along the, the way of their career and to help them, what would it be? Um, I would say remain focused, um, figure out what you want to do and have a plan to like get you there. Make sure you reach out to people and get as much support um, that you need. I know a lot of people in care and a lot of care leavers, because they don't trust a lot of people, they don't reach out to anybody to ask for help, but you're going to need help. So I would say um, definitely ask for support whenever you need it and just keep going like it's difficult and it's hard and even though things seem really crap in the moment everything is temporary and things do get better so just like remain focused on that okay so that was a wonderful chat it's lovely to meet you and all of the best for the thank future you. thank you <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Five Rivers Care Telecent podcast. This podcast has been produced by the members of the Democratic Group, representing the views of people from Five Rivers Child Care Limited. Music by Rick Flow, track Hide and Seek, 
Courtesy of Rick Flow.